God, thank you so much uh, for being at work within this small group. God, I pray as we uh, get ready to both celebrate and, uh, and be sad and to multiply and to make room for more people, God, that you would be in that, uh, that, that we would continue to put you first, that we would continue to reach out and try to reach more and more people in this community. I'm so thankful for the people who are up on stage. God, I pray that you would be with them. Pray for Smiley as he comes up to teach. God, that you would prepare the message on his heart and that you would prepare us in the audience. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. As they're walking back, I want to thank all of you who, who helped out on Thursday, who brought food and prayed for the memorial service we had for Ronnie Lester. What an amazing service. There were over 500 people who came and uh, we celebrated his life together and they got to hear the gospel. It was, thank you for all of you who, who worked so hard to make Thursday afternoon a great time. Thank you. Uh, it, it was really in, incredible. Now, we've had a lot of people up here, but I, I do need someone to help me. Um, so would someone please help me out? This will be really easy and painless, but I need someone to help me out. Come on, you gonna help me out? Come on up. Come on, you can help. There we go. Thank you. All right, so this is going to be easy. So hold it up here like this. Whoops, like this. So who are you? Connor. Okay. What's your favorite restaurant? Like Longhorn. Ooh. And what do you like to get there? Eight-ounce medium rare steak with bacon. Ah, yes. baked potato and a Caesar salad. He's got it. Very, very good. Okay, now at our church we're doing a little research, so I'd be curious. Where do you think everything came from? Okay, thank you. And, and why do you believe that? Man can't make animals or, like, trees or the environment. That's very true. Man can't do that. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Um, what, if, what if I ask you, um, where do you think everything came from? What would you say today? What would you say? And then if I followed that up with you and I ask you, why do you believe that? What would you say? What would you say? Now, if you ask me, uh, where do you think everything came from? Listen, Dave taught us really well last week, and, and I would say God created everything from nothing, and it was very good. And then if you followed that up with me and said, well, Smiley, why do you believe that when so many people don't believe that? I would say I believe in creation because Jesus did. And the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world we live in. Matter of fact, that's the point of the message today. Uh, and, and I want you to, to know this, so would you say it with me? I believe in creation because Jesus did. The Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. Now, we are doing a series of messages called One Story. Uh, we're looking at the one story of the Bible. It's, it's one story. It's all gospel. And, and I have two goals for this series. The first goal is I want you to know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. This is meant to be an equipping series, not just giving you information. I want you to know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. And so we're learning the one story of the Bible has four chapters. And chapter one is called Creation. This is so foundational, we're spending three weeks here. Last week, 
Last week, Dave did a great job explaining what the Bible teaches about creation, and we learned that God created everything from nothing, and it was very good. This is week two. Week two, we're learning, well, why should we believe that? And we're going to learn that I believe in creation because Jesus did. And the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. Next week will be our third week, and we're going to answer the question, does it matter? Does it matter in our lives whether we believe in creation or not? And I think we're going to find out it really does matter. Then we're going to move to chapter 2, and we're going to spend two weeks looking at the question, why is the world so broken? We're going to look at the fall and its impact. And then we're going to spend two weeks with redemption. We're going to look at the redemption and ask the question, how do we fix it? How do we fix the brokenness in our world and in our lives? And then fourthly, we're going to look at consummation. Where is history headed? Where are we headed? It's going to be a real, really good series to equip you so that you can confidently know and be able to share the one story of the Bible. Secondly, secondly I want to teach you a skill. We want to teach you a skill. We want you to develop the skill of asking questions, um, to start gospel conversations just like Jesus did. One day in my time with Jesus this week, I was reading three chapters in Luke, and in three chapters, Jesus asked 22 questions. He used questions to start conversations. And so I want to equip you to learn to ask questions just like Jesus did, okay? So, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 19, and we'll get going. When Jesus had finished these words, he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees, religious leaders, came to Jesus, testing him, and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? Now notice, they weren't really interested. They're testing him. And here's the test. There were two schools of thought at that time. There was one school of thought that had a very narrow view of divorce. You could only be divorced for the most extreme cases. And the other view had a very broad view of divorce, that a, that a man could divorce his wife for any reason at all. And here's the question. They thought no matter what Jesus answered, they could turn half the crowd against him. So they asked him, they're testing him, and he answered and said, have you not read? So Jesus answers the question with what? By asking them a question. He reverses the question, doesn't he? Have you not read, and that's what we're learning, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So the first thing I want you to notice is how Jesus responded to a question with a question. The second thing I want you to notice is they ask a question way downstream about marriage dealing with divorce. But Jesus doesn't answer the question there. He takes the question all the way back to the beginning in God's original design, doesn't he? That's where he wants to talk about it. Not downstream, he wants to talk about it from the beginning. So Jesus goes all the way back to chapter 1 of creation. He goes back to a creator in God's original design, that there was a God who created people, male and female, and then God instituted marriage. 
uh, for one man and one woman to come together and to fill the earth with people who are made in the image of God. So often we have discussions with people and we're way downstream, aren't we? And we need to learn to Jesus how important it is we go back to chapter 1. And here's what I want you to notice in chapter 1, or, or as Jesus answers the, the question, is Jesus affirms the Bible's account of creation. Did you notice that? When he's asked a question, he says, haven't you read what the Bible says? And so I want you to know that I believe in creation because Jesus did. Because Jesus did. And if you're here and visiting, I want you to understand something. And I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But I've not always been a Christian. I've not always been a Christian. When I was in high school, someone invited me to come and see Jesus. And when I came and began to see Jesus, I began to hear the gospel. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus, changed my life. Um, Because as I heard the gospel, I first began to hear the bad news of the gospel. And it made sense out of my life. And it made sense out of the world. Because here's what I heard. All of us, how many? Each of us, who? Each of us, all, each, every one of us, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So as I heard the gospel, the world made sense. Why is the world so broken? Because all of us have pushed God away and decided to go our own way, all of us. Why was my life such a wreck? Because I too had a problem called sin and pushed God away. I began to understand that, that God said in the first commandment that I want first place in your life. And, and I said, God, no, you won't have it. And I pushed God away, and that's a crime against God. And then God said, I want you to honor your father and mother. And I said, no way. And I want to tell you, I had amazing parents, but I was so disrespectful. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Ever? And... Um, and then I heard God said, in the, God said in the Eighth Commandment, He said, you shall not steal. And I had stolen all kinds of things. Have you ever stolen anything? Ever? Uh, and, and then the Ninth Commandment, God said, you shall not bear false witness. And oh man, I lied all the time. Have you ever told a lie? Oh, thank you. Someone is so honest here. Oh yeah. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And I realized that I and all of us have committed crime after crime against God, and I was in big trouble because God was just, and God couldn't wink at my sins and say it didn't matter. No, God must punish sin. He said what I deserved was hell. And then I said, well, what do I do? What do I do? And then I began to hear the good news. Once you understand the bad news, the good news is so good. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Jesus came into the world to save me and to save you and me and to save sinners. Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth, fully God and fully man in one person, who came, lived a perfect life for us. Now I want you to... This blew me away when I understood this. Jesus said, smiling, I love you so much, I will take your sins upon myself and die in your place. Do you realize Jesus did that for you? 
He said, I love you so much, I'll take your sins on me and I'll die in your place. So Jesus took our sins on himself. He died in our place. He really did die. He was buried, but he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day, proving he had conquered sin and death. And he offered me and he offers us eternal life. I'll never forget the first time I heard Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Jesus pursued me and said, Smiley, I want to give you the greatest gift ever given, the gift of eternal life. I want to forgive all your sins. Have you ever done anything wrong? Do you know how wonderful it is to go to bed at night knowing you're forgiven? He says, listen, I want to forgive you and then I want to move into you. And I want to do life with you. Let me live my life in and through you because I can run your life so much better than you. And I want you to know I wasn't doing such a great job. And then Jesus says, listen, let's spend all of eternity together. And my part was when I heard him knocking was to open the door and say, come in. Come in and be my Savior and my Lord. And if you've never done that, won't you? It really is as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. When I realized what a sinner I was, I admitted, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Won't you? When I understood what Jesus did for me, I I said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And, And then I committed to Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Come in and forgive me and give me eternal life. And he did. And And I said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. From now on, as you give me strength, I want to follow you. And if you have it, won't you? And if you have, did you hear what Jesus said? I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So Jesus moves in and he says, Smiley, I'm Lord now, you're not. And you know what he said to me? Follow me. Follow me. So for over 50 years now, I've been following Jesus. And as I began to follow Jesus, what I discovered is that Jesus believes the account of creation given in the Bible is true. And so Jesus says, haven't you read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And because Jesus is Lord of my life, his view of creation became mine. How about you? R.C. Sproul tells a great story. The late R.C. Sproul, R.C. Sproul is teaching in a college and the students hear that he believes in creation. They start laughing at him. And they say, "Uh, how could you possibly believe in creation? Here's what R.C. Sproul does. Now, this is important. He asked them back, why do you believe in evolution? When someone asks us a question, let's learn from Jesus to ask a question back. So they're laughing at him. They ask him, why do you believe in creation? And and he says, well, why do you believe in evolution? And they said, well, first of all, we see minor variations in species. And he says, we agree on that. What else? That's what we were taught. How often we're so intimidated to speak up about we believe, what we believe because we think people have all these great reasons for what they believe. After he exposed, they had no reason other than being taught. Then he explained to them why he believed in creation. 
So when people ask us, well, why do you believe in creation? Listen, we need to ask the question back. Well, why do you believe in evolution? When you're walking through the Grand Canyon and the tour guide says, this was formed 200 million years ago, you need to ask the question, how do you know? You, you can say to them, you look kind of old, but not that old. <laughs> they were there. How do they know? And then they might say, well, that's what scientists believe. Were they there? How do they know? And listen, if someone said to me, well, Smiley, why do you believe in creation? I would say, because I know an eyewitness. I know someone who was there when everything came into being. And they're going to say, that's silly. No one was there. Oh, yes, they were. And his name is Jesus. And that's why I believe in creation is because Jesus was there. Let me show you. In, um, in John chapter 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word. Sounds a lot like Genesis 1, doesn't it? But in the beginning was the word that God the Son was with the Father in the beginning, and the word was with God. God the Son was with God the Father, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Verse 10, <clears throat> he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. The one who has moved into me, my Lord and Savior, was there. He's an eyewitness to creation. Not only is he an eyewitness, he was present and he was the creator. He made all things. And he's the one who said, haven't you read that he who created them from the beginning? Made them male and female. Um, we see the same thing and. In Colossians chapter 1, we read, starting in verse 16, For by him all things were created. Um, by Jesus, what was created? What? All th he was there. He's an eyewitness. He's the creator. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, the stars, the moons, and the earth, visible, what we see in invisible, whether thrones or dominions or authorities or rulers or authorities now this is really good all things have been created through him and for him i'm not junk i'm not someone floating in a purposeless universe i have been made by jesus and i have been made for jesus do you think my life should be a little different from people who don't believe that Aren't you glad? We've been made by him. We've been made for him. Oh, and then it goes on and says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You ever wonder why things maybe in our culture seem to be falling apart? You know why? Because if you remove the one who holds all things together, what happens? Everything begins to fall apart, doesn't it? The one who was there, the one who created all things, he said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? So I want you to know everyone in here 
we're going to make a decision. When it comes to the question, where did you come from, we're going to make a decision. We're either going to believe in man who was not there, is not all-knowing, and is scarred by sin, or we're going to believe in Jesus, who was there, who is all-knowing, and is perfect. Listen, I have been following Jesus for over 50 years. I find that following him is always a better plan than following man. How about you? I believe in creation because Jesus did. I believe in creation because Jesus did. The Bible teaches it. Now, I want you to notice in our passage today that Jesus affirms what the Bible teaches. That's really important. If it wasn't quite right when he was asked the question, he could have said something like, well, Genesis is okay, but it's not really true. But what the Creator says is he affirms the Genesis account. He quotes Genesis 1. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? He says Genesis 1 is true. And then he quotes from Genesis 2 and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It was that last night and Jesus was with his disciples. It was that last night that Jesus was with his disciples and he was praying for his disciples. And as he was praying for them, he was praying for you and me today as well. And I want you to notice how he did and how he does pray for us. In John 17, 17, Jesus is praying and he says to the Father, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus said, the Bible is God's word, your word. And then secondly, he affirms that God's word is true. Your word is truth. Now, he didn't say, well, everything after Genesis 11 is true. But that which before it's not true. He didn't say, you know, that first part about creation or Adam and Eve and the flood. He, he didn't say after Genesis 11, he said, your word is truth, right? Jesus didn't say the Bible is true when it speaks about salvation, but it's not true when it speaks about creation. He, he said, no, no. He said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And um, now I, I know some of you don't like what I'm saying. That's okay, because notice what Jesus prayed right above that. Right above that in verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. When the Creator came into the world, the Creator was hated. Because he was the Creator, and he spoke the truth. And he said, just like the world hated him, if we are a people of the book... If we are a people who affirm a creator and who affirm the truth of God's word, we too shall be hated. Um, I mean, ha have you noticed in our country there's kind of a moral and sexual revolution sweeping the country? Have you? It's kind of like a tsunami, isn't it? Running everything over everything in its path. And the only thing that stands in the way of the tsunami are people of the book are people who say there is a creator and he has given us his word. 
And when we stand against the tsunami of our culture, we will be hated and we shouldn't be surprised. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The Bible also says the grass withers, the flower fades. Listen, the opinions of men change a lot. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. I believe in creation because Jesus did, because the Bible teaches it, and thirdly, because it fits the world I live in. It fits the world I live in. Recently, I'm having lunch with a guy, and I ask him, where do you believe everything came from? And he said, I believe God created everything. And then I said, well, why do you believe that? And he said, two reasons, Smiley. The Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. That was good. He was ready for the question. So I want to remind you of what I've taught you before. Two things. There's the standard of truth, and there's the evidence of truth. There's the standard of truth and the evidence of truth. When you hear things, how do you know what's true or not? There's a standard of truth. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am the way and the, the truth. So Jesus is the standard of truth. When I want to know something, I look first to Jesus because he is the truth. He's the standard. And Jesus said about his word, your word is truth. So the standard of truth is God's word. And so if I want to know where did everything come from, I come to Jesus and his word, don't you? But that's the standard of truth. The evidence of truth is, does it fit reality? Does it explain the world around us? How do we know that the Bible is true? It makes sense out of the world in which we live. Let me explain that a little bit. Like, <clears throat> why, I don't believe in why I don't believe in evolution I don't believe in evolution because I don't believe everything started with an explosion. I just don't believe that. First of all, what caused the explosion? And, and then secondly, I would ask you, I'm a backyard scientist and I want you to be one too. Have you ever seen an explosion that brought more order? Have you? I mean, I've gone down the highway before and had a blowout with a tire. It didn't, near, it didn't look nearly as good after the explosion as it did before. Because explosions lead to disorder, not order. Secondly, I can't believe in evolution because I don't believe that life came from non-life. How did life come into being? By the way, if you want to see an interesting movie, look at Expelled. Look, the, look at the movie Expelled. It's by Ben Stein. And in the movie, he gets Richard Dawkins, um, this atheistic evolutionist, and he asks him, where did life come from? And he was unable to answer the question. I can't believe that life comes from non-life. I can't believe, and I could give you many reasons, but I can't believe time is the magic factor. I don't think things just get better over time. And you say, why? Because I look in the mirror every day. <laughs> it is not getting better. But what I see in my face, I see in the world around me, and it's called entropy that all things tend toward disorder. Now let me give you a few reasons why I believe in creation, how it fits the world I live in. Uh, first of all, um, creation makes sense to me because creation teaches that life comes from life. Did you know that's a law, a law of science? 
One of the laws of science is biogenesis, and that is that life comes from life. And the Bible teaches that Jesus is the life who gives life. That makes sense to me. Uh, what, what makes sense to me about creation is the, the Bible's account of creation says that animals and plants reproduce after their own kind that animals and plants reproduce after their own kind. And when I live in this world, the, the world I live in, animals and plants reproduce after their own kind, and so do people. Let me show you that. One of those is me. One of those is, is our son, Caleb. It's kind of hard to tell which one, isn't it? Actually, the one on the right is me. The one on the left is Caleb. And that's us at the same age. And the picture on the right used to be in my parents' home. And when my kids or my nephews or nieces would come to the house, they would always say, why is there a picture of Caleb in the house? And we tell them, that's not a picture of Caleb. That's a picture of me. But listen, what the Bible says makes sense because the Bible says that animals and plants, what they reproduce after their own kind. Something else the Bible says, the biblical account, the biblical account says that God made us out of the dust of the earth, that we are made of dust. And did you know, this is going to gross some of you out, but <laughs> did you know that 90% of the skin or 90% of the dust in our house is discarded skin cells? Did you know that? Yes. And, and I have a wife and I used to think she was crazy because she always moves all the furniture and dust underneath things. But I've helped some people in our church move. And we found many of their relatives under the furniture. <laughs> I mean, there were some of their relatives, man, there was dust like everywhere, right? But I, I think this is one of the most powerful reasons I believe in creation. The Bible teaches we are made in the image of God. And puppies are cute. And little giraffes are cute, but people are different. People are made in the image of God. Why do I believe in creation? Because we have six kids, and I was there when all of them were born. And when they were born, and I held my children, I knew they weren't accidents. I knew they didn't just happen. They were gifts from God and made in his image. And you could get every scientist in our country to stand before me and tell me I was wrong, and I would not budge one inch because I know my children are God-given and made in his image. Oh, one more reason I believe in creation is because of the witness of the Spirit with my spirit that these things are true. The Holy Spirit's always witnessing to me. Listen, Jesus is wiser than all the scientists in the world. He was there. Listen, the Bible is true. The Bible is true. What the Bible says fit the, fits the world. Look around you. Animals and plants do reproduce after their own kind. They do. Listen, life does come from life. It's true. Man is made of dust. It's true. People are made in the image of God. It's true. So that's what we've learned. We've learned a lot. It's really, really important. I want you to be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. And so it's important to know I believe in creation because Jesus did. And the Bible teaches it. And it fits the world I live in. But I told you, I also want to help you develop a skill, a skill of asking questions. 
And so this week, we have two questions that I want you to ask people. I want you this week, when you're having lunch with someone, when you're riding on a bus to a game with them, just say, hey, could I ask you a couple of questions? In our church, we're doing a little research. Where do you think everything came from, and why do you believe that? Now, I know all of you did the question from last week, right? Of course, a couple of you didn't. I know your name, okay? (laughs) This is really, really important. It's really, really important that we develop the skill of asking questions. For the last month, I've been just getting together with people, whether it's lunch or or anywhere I am. Could I ask you a couple of questions? Sure. Uh, At our church, we're just doing a little research and love to know, where do you think everything came from? Well, Smiley, what if they give the wrong answer? There isn't a wrong answer. We're asking what they think. We're not trying to get in an argument. We just want to listen. And then... Why do you believe that? Um, That's it. Now, if they reverse the questions and ask us, we want to be prepared, don't we? Um, I did this funeral on Thursday, and it was over. A couple people came up to me and said, Smiley, when you talk, do you prepare or do you just talk? I thought, that must have been terrible if they asked me that question. (laughs) And I said, well, Jesus taught me something once. He said, ask, seek, knock. So to me, things that are important in life, I ask. The first thing I do is I pray. Lord, what do you want me to say? And Lord, give me the courage to say it. So I start with asking, and then I seek. I practice and practice and practice. And then I knock. When I get the chance, I speak up. And that's what we need to do. It's not easy to ask questions. That's why we ask, right? We pray, Lord, help me this week to have the courage to ask some questions. And then secondly, we want to seek. We want to practice. We want to practice. We want to be ready when someone asks us, where do you think everything comes from? We want to have practice so that we can say, God created everything from nothing and it was very good. That's why we practice. So when there's pressure, you're ready. And then... When they ask us, well, why do you believe that? We want to have practiced, right? So that we're ready. I believe in creation because Jesus did. And the Bible teaches it, and it fits the world I live in. And if they then follow that up with one last question, and they ask, well, does it matter? Does it matter where everything comes from? Then, hey, say, hey, why don't you come to church with me this week? Because that's what we're going to learn next week. Listen, you don't want to miss next week. And bring someone with you as we explore together. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how it all started. But we've learned enough for one week, haven't we? (laughs) Because what we learned today is a lot, isn't it? That I believe in creation because Jesus did. And the Bible teaches it and it fits the world I live in. And we have our assignment for this week. Just imagine hundreds of of questions being asked around our community this week where we live, work, and play. Real simple questions. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Where do you think everything came from? Why do you believe that? I will. Will you? Let's pray. Jesus, we're so glad you our creator, or also our savior, that you came and and lived that perfect life and died that death and rose for us. Thank you. 
And thank you for offering us eternal life. And listen, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord and you'd like to, won't you? I mean, he's here. Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit? Jesus, come in and, and be my Savior and, and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Uh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Or tell someone else. When we tell others, Jesus becomes more real to us. Jesus, I pray those of us who've received you that we would realize that you live in us and you call us to follow you. Lord, help us to follow you by believing you about creation. Lord, give us confidence to, to believe you and your word and to see how that fits the world around us. And Lord, I pray this week that we would pray and, and we would practice and we would ask others these two questions. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.